0: Hi everyone, welcome to Dyslexic Design Thinking, the bigger picture with amazing dyslexics. I'm your host, Gil Gershoni. In today's episode, you're going to hear from an actor and a social worker who are redefining what it means to be dyslexic. Enjoy. Hi guys, how are you? So good to see you both. How are you doing? Nice
1: to see. You.
0: We're doing excellent. We're doing excellent. So, um, you know, today our conversation is really about championing, and I wanted to start uh, with you, Lloyd. Um, Tell me a little bit about, you know, what is dyslexia means to you, and um, how did you kind of champion that um, inner power?
2: Um, To begin with, it meant a lot of uh, internal struggling and um, suffering, really, because I wasn't able to do what I was really passionate about without struggling to learn the lines. Just that's, you know, the, the most basic thing about an actor is just know your lines. <laughs> and if you don't know them, uh, you can't act. Um, yeah. So that's, I really struggled with that. But on the other hand, actually, what it, that did lend two things happened there. Because I wasn't so good at learning lines to begin with, because I didn't have a, a structure at that time to get over dyslexia what it did lend itself to is becoming a very good improviser, just being able to do things off the off the top of my head, off the spot and, and just like being able to um, sort of uh, give and receive from whatever character you're sort of improvising with. But then when I discovered drawing pictures, which was the thing, which was the tipping edge, which allowed me then to learn my lines and then obviously I was able to really start to enjoy the acting. That's when it all kind of changed for me. So it, it, dyslexia means to me is it's, it's like a, it, it was like an obstacle that Oops. I overcame, but through the obstacle became, uh, I guess a much kind of use, using the same kind of treatment for every obstacle in life now, like, you know, not that That thing really affected me, and now anything that else that comes up in life i I feel like i've got the the, the tools to be able to move through it and also you know where you, where you where your struggles are is sometimes you uncover that that power behind it so um it was a good thing, and it's always hard when you're struggling to understand that actually it's good for you because you're struggling it doesn't it doesn't feel good at the time, but we just don't have hindsight so um Yeah, it's it's um, yeah. It's for me. It's 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 about overcoming and then using it and then embracing all that you are.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Um, Obi, nice to see you. How are you? Can you hear me, Obi? Can you
3: hear me, Obi? Hi, I'm here. I can hear you.
0: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What does dyslexia mean to you? Let's see if our connectivity holds. What's dyslexia means to you, Obi?
3: Well, for me, um, getting to understand or know about dyslexia was freedom for me. Like I did say on my page, I didn't know what it is. Growing up, it was looked at, either you're stupid or... You're backward, or you don't know nothing. So back yeah. in the days, it was it was difficult to be in the classroom. And getting to know about dyslexia, like while I was in my social work, that was my second degree um, mm-hmm. training. When my own um, supervisor identified it because she was dyslexic too. Yeah. So it was freedom. It was freedom to see such a high attainer she was just not a social worker she was also um a nurse she was a top matron before coming into social work oh, and yeah. she became a psychiatric nurse as well and without her i could have still been locked in that box not knowing what oh, it my is goodness. yeah oh, my and finding that out Changed my whole career, my educational life, and everything. I be, I came from a middle student to a top student for the first time. I had a 95% score. Wow. From meager 55%, 47%, 60 most to 95. And she said, Do you realize? That you are an A student and you've been deprived.
2: Wow,
3: wow. wow. It's so so, I love what you say in the book. It was my freedom. Yeah, I've been locked up for years upon years upon years. No one knew about it, no one found out. Yeah, so that was the first time I made 95% onwards, it became 90. The minimum I made after that was 85. So that proves, that goes on to prove the, 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 the excitement of being loose and getting to understand what, dyslexia. What was it, that, and cha- what was that, it that-,
1: that changed, Obi? What was it that changed for you? Was it the confidence? Did she give you strategies oh, to help you?
3: Oh, the- look, yeah, it was massive. I looked back and I looked at my teachers back in those days I said, and I looked at them. I said, they are really the ones that actually need help because they couldn't see their student needed help. Yeah. Because they couldn't see me. I was invincible. But <laughs> Christina saw me and brought me yeah, to right. the light. And it, 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 it took out all those sadness, all that, you know, when you've been told you're not good enough or you shouldn't bother with education because you can't write you can't write you can't produce and right. someone just tells you not really yeah. you can but you're just specific
1: was... yeah she was your liberator as you said in our book O B. she liberated you she was your mother liberator I think you said yep yeah she, and Lord, you have had a sense that- Sorry, she I was, was going to say, Lloyd, mother. you had a similar experience, didn't you, Lloyd, with someone who really was your champion at the time?
3: Right. She was my champion, and she, she's my champion, she's my hero. And like I said, um, I still, I still give out a lot of shout-outs to her, and I can't forget that. And likewise, you guys bringing it out to the world. You know, yeah. your champions, yeah. your heroes to let people know that being dyslexic is actually a good thing yeah. and it doesn't stop you from Ooh. getting anywhere. I love that. I love that. Lloyd,
0: let's go to you. What was your, following up the question, what was, uh, who who championed your, your, your uh, sort of dyslexia earlier on and how did you sort of find ways through some of the challenges? You talked about script and illustrating but was there a person in your life that saw your magic and your talent that sort of championed you and your success?
2: There was one teacher I had called Martin Houghton and mm. um, he understood me before I understood who I was. So he understood that I I struggled with scripts and stuff. So I remember that he, um, what he would do was, he he would tell me, he'd tell me if we were doing a scene, he would go, go, go into the room and the other actors would be waiting outside. And he'd say, do whatever you want in the room. And maybe just as one example, I absolutely destroyed it. I smashed the room up because, and then and then he and then he brought the actress in whilst i was already pumped with this energy and and this sort of inner destruction and then i kind of understood ah it's all about what's underneath the script anyway what's what what the person is actually going through what they're feeling and then i understood okay that's and then i i tried to map the, the two you know like um what is the internal story of the person and what is the person actually saying and um that was the one person that really championed me. Um mm-hmm. but I've had so many lucky experiences along the way. I, I had a lovely guy called Tim Pickett Smith, who was a brilliant actor who's not with us anymore, who really helped me with Shakespeare. Um, and uh, also Mark Rylance, who is the king of Shakespeare, really helped me with that as well. So I, I've been really lucky with the people I've 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 worked with, and um yeah, I think the way that I discovered the drawing, though, that was just, ai a, don't know what that was. That was just a, a moment of... Um,
1: genius. Sorry? A moment of genius.
2: <laughs> well, it, it, you know, I didn't think of that myself, you know. It's not as if I went, I'm going to draw pictures. I just started doing it, and then I realised, oh, I, I know the lines now. So, I don't know, you want to call that spirit, presence, God, universe, whatever, you, whatever name you want for it, but it wasn't something that I was actually consciously trying to come up with. Mm. I, I think
1: that. for a lot of people, though, it helps um, to get things in when they do things in their own handwriting. Or it's like once you understand it, you are understanding the essence by doing the drawing. So then that's stuck for you. It's it's finding your own strategies and, and ways of learning, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a very um, visual person. Realising I was a visual person and a very uh, a person that. Um, uses a lot of feeling and emotion and and so those two Mm. together superseded the words and the words were born out of the visual and the feeling which is really what you want as an actor anyway but um yeah it was a nice way to find (coughs) out but funny enough now i draw less because my memory is very good now it's changed Mm. it's it's fascinating that's right something's changed in my brain so i draw i draw like i draw like uh big monologues but if it's just like conversational my brain's picking up much quicker now
0: yeah that's
1: amazing confidence do you think is that just about confidence
2: um yeah i think it's about confidence and i think it's about also your chemistry changes you know because if you're if you're worrying about something all the time and you're in like a fear-based uh survival of trying to learn something Mm. then you know, that's that's the chemistry that's going on in your brain. And then suddenly when you get b- much better at it, you're more confident with it, and then you don't you're not worried basically oh. you don't worry about not learning your lines anymore. That's that's this that's gone to the side, that's left you now. So yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. I can relate to that. I can relate to you know, we we, we need to overcome certain situations and then we create these habits and then all of a sudden we have these massive skills, right? Because we overdevelop other senses to compensate for not be able to read or you know and i can relate i, I know Obi, you were shaking your head my memory yeah i think it's it, it's so much stronger because i have to remember where did they see that word, so i can go and copy it and eventually that developed into this sort of photographic memory and i just remember That's right. conversation notes meeting i don't have to write it down i just for some reason i just remember that detail but i think to your point lloyd I don't know that I was born with that. I think I just overcompensated and then be- it became a hyperability, right? So, mm. uh, Obi, you say you're agreeing with that. How does that, how does that uh, uh,
3: manifest in your experience, Obi? Right. I, I could, could relate with that because that was what I was doing. I kind of, um, my photographic memory became my, my source of power at the time. And I tried to memorize things <laughs> right, that was the only way I can compensate For my yeah. inabilities at the time And I was Living with that So I, I, I could I could relate with that And also what Lord was saying Earlier um, It's When you don't know And when you find out What it is It gives you that confidence That too And I would say It makes me a better social worker even when i'm dealing with anyone and even colleagues i kind of empathize with yeah. their inabilities because i can see what? their 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 level of disabilities possibly that they some of them don't want to know and some i ask and they like oh yeah i am dyslexic but don't tell anyone and i'm like no i am dyslexic as well and everyone goes never yeah. <laughs> i'm like why they said you can never be dyslexic you're just too intelligent i said no i you know, was intelligent i'm nothing and to then do with I, that. I would tell them all my story about christina pearson and everything and how she got me out and they and i see they they draw it draws people back to me. They like they want to yeah. know, and they like feel more confident. Like, I was talking to some students at one point. She was also making the same... I'm dyslexic by any chance. She goes, yeah. please don't tell anyone. Yeah. I said, no, I was a student. I was in your position. Tell them. It gives you extra time. It gives you special learning. By the time yeah. she finished the, 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 the placement me a box of chocolate to say thank you
1: oh, bless on the other side of that Obi is, is often when I you're listening to someone on desert island discs or something and they'll be talking um, about you know a, a, something extraordinary they've done and we'll say I bet they're dyslexic and they invariably are because they their strengths you start to um, to recognise the common, you know, sort of slightly different thinking or, you know, so this is what we've just got to get across to the world is that, you know, there's so much good stuff that comes with dyslexic thinking. And it's just the the sort of negative side of the sort of education system that kind of makes us all feel that um, we're not good enough. And actually, we've interviewed hundreds of people that are absolutely brilliant and passionate about
0: what they do. Yeah. yeah. And what I love about yes. your story, Obia, what I love about your story is that you were championed. You were seen, you know, um, by, was it Christina? Well, you, you were seen yeah. and she was your gift before you saw it. So she championed you and then you embody that. And now you're doing it for others. And I love the two sides of being a champion and championing others. And Gina on the chat is saying, you know, Teachers are heroes, and I think that teachers that are able to see that the, the child is is has the smarts, has the as the intellectual, but has to learn through different mediums can do what Christina did for you and what you do for so many others that are struggling in any age. You know, um, I uh, I wonder, Lloyd, when you look at a role, there's a similarity there as I'm thinking of because you probably need to sort of. Find the story and find how to champion that character. What do you look in a role, and how do you sort of go about embodying that character and championing that story?
2: Um, I think I I think it goes down to kind of um, things that have influenced me and films and characters that have moved me, and and so I look at it like, what are my strongest attributes, or what how can I contribute to you know this whole global industry of entertainment. And I think you know the things I'm the things that resonate with me is is I'm a, quite a visceral person, so I'm an emotional person. So I look for more complex roles, people that who are very um um uh, I guess oh yeah, just more. I say when I say complex, I mean layered characters that are maybe not what they appear to seem to be. Like I'm not what i appear to what i you know a lot of people would cast me as um growing up was like a more of a kind of romeo the boy next door that's not me at all you know um i have a lot of uh the sort of darker worlds you know i'm more interested in that and then i have obviously my comedic stuff that i like to do as well but um i think when it comes to a role i just think it's like I, i i auditioned for one yesterday and it was about a man that was in a a mental institution, and you know, mm. I, I've spent a lot of time in 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 those places because I've had certain family members live in those places, and I didn't even I looked at the script once, and I just I just let it come out because it was already in me, it was already there, and I think sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes I want to just oh I want to just express what's already inside of me, and another characters and people that I've had around my life, um yeah, yeah like. I think that I think that the things that have touched me the most is where I've seen a character in a film and I go, oh, that's like my dad, or oh, that's like my uncle, or oh, that's, and I want to I want to give that experience to other people, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. We, love, I, um, we
1: love your comedic ahead. side on your Instagram stories, Lloyd. Sorry. We love your comedic stories on the Instagram. So
2: Oh so, yeah, yeah, no, I have to, uh, You gotta balance it. And uh, you know, life is about you you gotta you gotta laugh, have you? You gotta laugh. and that's always been the medicine.
1: You gotta keep your chin up, haven't you? Yeah,
2: you gotta you gotta you got you, you, you gotta yeah that's 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 always the best feeling. So um yeah, appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Keep them coming,
2: they will never stop. <laughs>
0: So, uh, Obi, what makes you uh, go the extra miles for your clients? You know, what do you what do you do, you know, to be able to see uh, your clients in, in, in a the moment of, of change or need some support? And how do you champion them? What some of the things you're looking for?
3: Right, you know, um, when you understand your blind spots it shines a light in areas you don't know. And when the light shines in areas you don't know, it eases your vision and it increases your potential. Mm. You find out that you're acquiring a lot of things. Over the years, when I thought I accepted that, okay, I don't know nothing because everyone says that, not realizing it was dyslexia and right now with what i know and what has been proven through the treatment and support i got from christina and other lecturers and the tests you know it gives you the belief that you can fly and when you fly like a bird you have you have that kind of bird eye view to empathize on people on people that don't have what you've got, and right. then it gives you an understanding of human feelings. Because yes, I was timid. Yes, I had friends who were like so good at the time, you know. A lot of them are directors in oil companies and stuff. I was a science student. I was meant to do meds, uh, medicine and surgery. But I backed off because I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was only good at physics because most of it is physical. I mean, it's, um, 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 what you call, um, practical. Yeah. But... When it comes to chemistry and all that, it was a bit of a challenge. Biology, I love it when it comes to practical. So, but coming into my role and my job, all those stuff and all those things I've missed, I see it in people's lives. And it helps me to empathize more and support people more. I am like kind of hungry to shine that light. And which is the reason I love what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Because what we're doing is shining the light in dark areas and letting people know you can't be locked in darkness. There is actually the light in your hands.
0: Did we lose the last thought there? That was so good. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) We're losing you a little bit there. You can light your
3: light you can pass the light on to the next person
1: yes
0: Ooh. well i i what i what the i what i heard connection there is, issues. am i back you're back say the yeah, last sentence you said said the last sentence you just said because that was so good uh, can you hear
3: us hello yes can you hear us can oh hear i could hear you all but my one was saying connection e- error sorry so what was the last thing you had
0: you were just talking about the light. And I want I want everybody that's watching today to just hear that last thought you had about the light. Try it again with the connection better.
3: Right. I was saying, you know, like having been shown the light by Christina, it's, it's like giving me that empowerment. I'm so also, that's what this platform and this forum is all about. We have that light, we can shine in that area.
1: Oh. <laughs> well,
3: well you know,
0: that was so good. I mean, he's, he's going to join us in a second. I think that uh, the world is uh, having a bit of connectivity issue today. But uh, that was so, so special and so moving what he was saying. Yeah. What I love talking to him today and before about him is that he had such a challenge you know, with the dyslexia and he discovered, as we said in, in the beginning of the hour, that uh, he was dyslexic much later in life. And some folks do go through that, but then he turned his life around and he brought this magic and brightness in him to champion his uh, community and clients and fellow dyslexic. And as you can hear on screen when he's, when he's back, he's just infectious with his commitment to shine that light on all of us. and. Uh, Oh, that was so moving. That was so moving. Yeah. I, uh...
3: yeah, here it is. He's back. I'm He's back. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was Sorry, yeah. Beautiful. So, I mean, like, we are the lights. We've got lights. We need to... It's like having a candle. And like. we are using our candles to light other people's candles. And yeah. giving them the light. So that they can have that independence and freedom to walk in the dark path where they are scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, that is that's this forum so
3: itself. Yeah. It's a lighthouse where yeah, we get the moving. light to shine to every other person. And yeah. that's why I do my job. I just yeah. bring yeah. lights to people. Yeah. As
0: your face getting lights up from the light behind you. I mean, it's
3: it's it's, it's, it's like really cinematic.
0: Good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and it's the definition, Obi, it's the definition of not the word champion as as a trophy at the end of an effort, but as what embodies us seeing each other's and seeing the potential and then light, shining that light as you said so beautifully you will join again, but um, I just thought it was amazing. I let's let's jump back to you, Lloyd. As far as um, what I'm interested in is, how do you look at? How do you take fear and risk as ingredients to create into your creative process? What some of the techniques or some of the thoughts do you have around that? As you again try to bring these beautiful, complicated characters alive.
2: Um. I, I think with uh, I think growing I think through my career I would say that the fear and the risk part of, of playing this or doing a scene in a, in a certain way you know sometimes you, you fall on your face and you go oh no that was not the way to play it or oh, no but that's all about discovering parts of yourself of which which parts of yourself are you, you know you, you just if you don't fall on your face if you don't do things or Get things in in quotations wrong, mm-hmm. then how are you gonna know what feels right? So it's really important factor. There's absolutely no like that's why theatre is so good because you get to rehearse and you keep on failing for weeks and weeks and weeks until it suddenly sometimes comes together the night before press night, the, just before you're about to go on. You you'll be you've been like oh this is terrible this is, and then it just falls into place. Sometimes differently. Sometimes it's it's really easy and really smooth. Um, yeah. but um. I, I think that's really important um and also i think fear fear in general that is something that was that always holds everybody back in life doesn't matter if you're an actor doesn't matter what what you do in life fear is something that t- does try to get involved and, and block us but the actual feeling of fear mm. was for me the, the the thing that liberated me was not being scared of it so you know, not being scared of it. Because what happens if you're scared of fear? You 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 start to go. Um, I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to feel scared, and then you're mm. scared that you're scared of feeling fear. Right, so you're, right. you're in totally. this vicious. You're in this vicious circle, and suddenly, when you when you go, you know what? Mm. I'm fearful. I don't care bring it on, give me the, give me as much fear as you can possibly give me. I'm still good. You, you know, and you have that kind of viewpoint where you are like, it doesn't have any power over you. The only, the only reason it has any power over you is if you think it does. Um, but you
1: had, that was a real moment for you when you realized that there, wasn't it? And you found that yourself. Cause I mean, you could say that to someone, but you have to feel that, don't you? Oh yeah,
2: it, I, I think, I think, yeah. That's the thing about all life and, even connect that to spirituality. It, you can talk about it till the cows come home, but you have to experience it, yeah. And it was—it was just one moment. I—I I, I don't know, I don't know when it was, but it was probably an audition that I had, because auditions are—you know—that's that's where fear usually is for most actors, because you're saying, "Hey, this is me presenting a character. Do you like it? Do you?" And then so you you get the—you know—they're feeling feared, but they want you to do well. The whole room is fearful.
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: And then you suddenly just go, I'm not scared of it. You know, I'm just not scared of it. I'm not going to. And and then that suddenly does change your thing then, whereby every time you feel fear, you see it as more of a sensation than something that you just don't want to feel, you know?
1: You said it really beautifully in, um, in the book. You said, be fearless to all your struggles and they won't hold any power over you. They become part of you and you'll get through it. You don't need validation from anyone. You don't need to be picked out to be great. You don't need to wait for someone to say you are a star. You start in your own life from today, which I just, that it was just
2: oh. beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean that, that, that. You know what, what's really funny about that, reading that back, is that I think as an actor, you get pulled in and out of that.
3: Right.
2: You get pulled in and out of it because what happens is you, that and that what i've just what what i said there absolutely is the truth in its essence but there's definitely times where i've where i've lost touch with that where i've got um where i'm doing a certain particular job and and then suddenly suddenly you're looking for that validation because you're back into the ego again yeah so i think that's i'm so glad that you read that to me now because when you when i know there's another question coming up but um that is the actual key, isn't it? It's about, and that's what dyslexia does as well. You, start, you just you just honor yourself. You're happy as yourself. You're you love yourself. And we never get taught to do that. Obi we talked about feeling stupid and not good enough. And so he's looking for validation from classmates, from people, from um, you know, same same situation with me. I'm looking for validation from a director, from a writer, from this. But it's all. Excuse my French, it's all bullshit. As long as you validate who you are, that's it. That's all the validation you need. And sometimes as you climb the ladder, you lose sight of that because you're getting closer to something you want to do. Or, But as long as you come back down to that level and you realize, no, I validate myself. I hear right. a greatest quote yesterday from uh, Dali Amabhador, the artist. He says, every time I wake up in the morning, I, th- I think, wow, how amazing to be Dali al yeah. And if we all had that, <laughs> yeah. in the morning, it was like, oh, how amazing to be whatever your right. name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right, and, right. And, that, and, and, that, and that's a hard place to get to because we, we're right. so conditioned to not be that.
0: Right. You know? And, yeah. I mean, I think, and, and, and that's, you bring another amazing dimension, which is, you know, you, you, you champion others, you will become a champion. But you're talking about championing yourself and building that conversation to be able to not run away from fear, and we hear it from so many dyslexic. But learn how to cope with it, how to embrace it, how to love it, and how to use its power to give you to give you that championing feeling. You know, as as um, I know you do so much in your work. Uh, we have a great question from our good friend Kwana. And she says, fear and excitement are quite similar uh, and heart racing and sweat palming and all that kind of stuff. How do you see the difference, Lloyd, between, uh, between fear and excitement? Because I think it's really, that's what we're talking about. How do you switch fear to excitement, right? Like, tell me a little bit about that.
2: I, I, I actually, I know that's true. People, people, would say, people would say that the feelings are very similar and they are, and people are able to tell themselves when they're fearful, oh no! Actually, it's excitement. I can't mm. do that. I know when I feel. Well, I know when it's fear for me. Mm. And I know the difference between fear and excitement, so I can't try and trick my brain. So right. what I do is, I just say like, if it's fear, um, I say, give me as much well, fear as you can fear possibly fear give me. I say, I ask, if it. Uh, I know. No, oh, sorry, it's yeah. repeating back to me. Um, so I, I, I would just. And so, God, right. sorry can you hear me
0: yeah, yeah we, we can, can hear you a it's, it's okay. a little collectivity so, issues but um... i
2: wouldn't i wouldn't differentiate the, the two you know what i mean this for me that just doesn't work for me so my thing is if you want to conquer fear you go into it as much as you can go into it and, and then when you when you go f- towards it for instance if you if this is fear sorry if this is fear here and this mm-hmm. is you, and fear is uh you're trying to run away from it, it's gonna keep following you and following you and following and following you until it gets you, and then you're like, oh, I don't want to feel like this. And if this is fear and this is you, and you go towards it, it has no power over you anymore, it falls away.
0: Oh, that's beautiful! Yeah, it's so true, it's so, so true. Um, Obi, can can you hear us? Obi?
3: Yeah. I can.
0: Oh, good. So, Obi, welcome back. I can hear you.
3: Can you hear me? Cool, cool,
0: cool. Yeah. Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. So, Obi, I wanted to ask you a question. Tell us about a time when you took a chance on something. Um, I know you've done that so many times in your life, and you, uh, uh, you know, you're pretty brilliant in it. So, so tell us about a time when you, you took a chance on something, and you kind of, as as Lloyd was talking about, you you faced your fears. Was there a moment that stands out for you? Did he freeze a little bit there?
1: Yeah, I think you're frozen.
3: I have had several of those moments. (laughs) And (laughs) funny enough, yeah, because um, I worked as a locum. That means I need to move around jobs. I was a contractor. Mm -hmm. And um, coming to take, let me give my latest one this very current role that I, I was explaining to you on the new role, I just took on. And I was a bit worried, right? And um, I didn't want to take the chance because I felt I, was, I, had, I had other mechanisms I've put in place, other alternatives I've put in place. And I decided to go for this position, which was um, middle management position first i was scared i'm not gonna lie that i wouldn't get it i was panicking and again i was conscious because i'm dealing with people of high intelligence and a friend of mine said what have you got to lose the most they will tell you is no right, right. um she's another social worker who actually know about my dyslexia because she's known me prior to that so when i came out to say i was dyslexic she goes i knew that from the beginning something was wrong with you so she goes <laughs> what have you got to do so i did go for it i didn't think of anything about it because i felt the interview was so intense and they were asking me too many questions i did oh oh cliffhanger
1: oh. Technology is not on our side
0: this week, is it? (laughs) No, you know, we're just rolling with the punches, but I think that, uh, you know, again, it's like a part of of overcoming is really about uh, embracing it, as you said, uh, Lloyd, and uh, Michelle was asking, and let's maybe jump into that, is how do we help, you know, as as a teacher working with dyslexic students, the teacher can say, you know, you are amazing, and you are great, and you're gonna have all this potential, but how does the student feels it because so often it sounds like uh you know that right because you haven't got maybe to a place where you're embracing that fear you're embracing that uh, um feeling so how do you how do you kind of help that student believe themselves Lloyd any any sort of thoughts on that
2: oh yeah I had a real I had a real issue with that um to be honest um and I used to get told all the time, you know, oh, you're great at this or you're great at that and this, that and the other. And it took me years for me to actually find that truth for myself, for my own self-belief. And I think actually what I realized is that kind of stuff goes back to when you're like three, four years old because oh. it, that's, it, it can come from schooling, it can come from parenting, it can come from... Because if, you, if you're, um, for instance, here's here's a little story that was uh, quite fascinating to me to look back into. When um, Obi talked about not being good enough, I had a a similar feeling. And it took me back to when I was like four years old. I was with my cousin and my cousin could play the piano, very proficient on the piano at four years old. And all the family was there and they were like loving him and congratulating him. And he was like the the star of the family. And I, I went on the piano and i couldn't do anything and i, and I felt the room you know what i mean as a four year old kid i felt the room and i knew in that moment i wasn't good enough oh. i wasn't good enough oh. and so that feeling being born suddenly you're always trying to prove that you're good enough for other people and right. everything that you do you do it for right. your mother you do it for your sister you do it for your friends you do it for your... because you just unfortunately we just unfortunately this is most people's experience, I guess, as well at some point, is that you don't realise you were always good enough. You just weren't good at the piano that moment. That's, that's not you, yeah. that's, that's not what you're good at. Like. And so my, my idea of that is that you have to go back and see where the story developed for yourself. See where, um, where you felt you weren't good enough, where you felt you weren't, and, and look at the story and then realise what it was. It was a story that mm-hmm. you have been carrying for ages. Now it's time right. to write that story down on a piece of paper and put a light to it. It's yeah. done now, you know, you've always yeah. been good enough.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I think Obi, you were talking about shining the light and I think to the questions about how do we sort of show young persons with dyslexia that it's just one part of them, but it's not who who they are. It's just a component of who we are, right? It's not everything, but we get so embodied in that uh, and, and, you know, really seeing them. I know from my life, both with my uh, mother and my family when I was younger and my life partner uh, and my work partner is that it's really when you look at somebody and you see the light, eventually they will feel it too, you know? And it takes a little bit of time, but it's just like really seeing where, where that person will shine. And I know Lord, you talked about um, in some of our conversations in the past about you having this video when you were a little kid about acting and your family really seeing that as, as your magic and your your gift and then be able to sort of support that. And I, um, I think it's so important because to your point as well, is like when people see you, teachers, students, community see you if you are less than then that's a story you have to overcome, right? It's like the that label that's given to us that uh, then you wrestle for a good part of your young adults and sometimes even further in life to sort of try to overcome that. But it's not just a narrative, right? It's just a narrative. So, it? yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's challenging, but so interesting. Um, so many different ways of doing that, you know? Yeah, And those
2: narratives, you know, they're, they're supposed to be uncovered when they're supposed to be uncovered. It's not a timeline for that. You know, some people, mm. some, some person might have found what I found true to myself ten years before that, but that just wasn't my. I wasn't right. My time to find that about that out about myself. So, I think you really have to just be patient with yourself and allow yourself to be who you are in that moment. And you know, you'll you'll keep growing. You'll keep uh, uncovering things. And the thing about going back to fears is fears is really interesting because fears, like your mind will always come up with something to fear that's the job of it that's the whole like it's always you know there's like fight or flight right yeah yeah but you know but um that's that's the journey man and i think if you can just approach it more with a kind of fun curiosity rather than what's what's wrong with me that is a good base to look at things
1: Mm. and everyone takes their own Time as well we don't need to rush it I think the trouble is we live in this instant world where you have to do this that and the other by a certain amount of time and I think Kathy we always talk about people get there at their own pace and you know sometimes you might have to do three different courses to kind of find the thing that oh actually I should have done that all that all along or maybe that that's gonna feed that bit of you and so it's all part of your journey and to just enjoy and and get the best out of things isn't it absolutely
2: it's all you know it's all in your own time yeah, yeah. there's no rush there,
1: really is, like. there is no rush slow yeah. down well, yeah. we said all
0: the time yeah
1: yeah, yeah. 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 You, by the time you're 18 you don't have to have worked it out yeah exactly so all these guys doing their gcses from home or wherever they you are and you're struggling it's it's not the end of the world. There is a life, in fact, there's a bigger life after school. It's like you have no idea when you find out what you're really good at and you when you finish your education, that the education that you have to do, and then you uh, and then you get involved in the education that you want to do, that you are passionate about, and then you will fly. That's sorry. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, in the chat, I'm seeing that people are really excited about the idea of, that you mentioned about, um, you know, everybody has their own time. And when we start to compare it to others, then sometimes we tend to feel like we're behind. And I think that's a, another another level to the construct. Right. So uh, you're exactly where you need to be, where you are. The question is, are you with you? Right. Are you with yourself at this moment? Are you sort of fear and excitement and discomfort and shame? creates that split. And I think back to that question is like, be able to have your community see where you are, allows you to be more grounded and accept that quicker, um, at least start the dialogue to sort of embrace that inner dyslexic person of you that uh, really starts the conversation, right? Not running away, coming together, as you said earlier, Lloyd. Um, so, you know, we're almost at, at, at our, our time for the salon. So maybe as we close and, uh, you know, hopefully Obi can join us just for the last few minutes. But uh, so, you know, we're talking a lot about this sort of empathy, right? And and um, how does empathy help all of us uh, as persons, right? So as, as, as coaches, as championing each other, championing ourselves. Where does empathy come uh, in your work, Lloyd? And how do you use that to your advantage to support that conversation or that inner person, the inner child that we're talking about?
2: Um. I think I've actually spent this January doing a lot of kind of that work Um, and I think uh, empathy for in terms of in a child work it's like looking after that in looking after that Child in you know, it, like we're all we're all just children, aren't we? Really, that's that's we just grown older, we look older, we do this, we go, but we're actually, you know, what I mean, when we came into the world, we were just these perfect beings of, of 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 divine, of divinity, and then the world construct and everything else then gets put onto us, and you know we have different thoughts and different things, and and then I think empathy is about going back to that child, and about already seeing like you were always worthy you were always good enough you were always you came here with a purpose you came here to do something and but also you came here just to be you don't worry about anything that you're doing as well just just be you You just allow yourself to be you and um, understand that like some things that you are are problematic in life that's all part of the uncovering of the mystery of 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 life as well and it's all um i just think when you look after the inner child and, and just like honor your honor yourself as in love yourself from from yeah. from that point where, if you were doing a visualization and the meditation, you'd see yourself as a child.
3: Yeah. Go, you'd
2: go to that place. And what you are saying back to that child is like, I'm with you now, I'm with you, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And that child's gonna look after you as well because you're looking after it. So mm-hmm. um that's the kind of things that, that I would I'd be looking at if I was looking to yeah. Derive and cultivate more self-love. You know,
0: absolutely, absolutely.
2: Obi, you're back. You can hear us, Obi, Obi,
0: <laughs> Obi.
1: Obi, one, Obi, are you with us?
0: <laughs> can you hear us? All right, maybe we'll get a few. Oh yeah, there he is. We can't hear you. It's unfortunately, unfortunately, we can hear you, Obi. Oh, too bad! I know that uh, everybody would love to hear his final thoughts. Um, get back maybe on. we'll we'll see if we can we can see if we can fix the audio uh, in the last two minutes of our event today. So, you know, what would you say to um, Lloyd? What would you say to your inner child today if you could? Right back back then. I mean, what would be the sort of advice that you would give your inner child from a dyslexia perspective? You know, to sort of ease that um, the early years of challenges and 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 trials and tribulations, any, any final thoughts?
2: I would probably say, oh, that's a really good question. It's a really good, if I was gonna, because let's be honest, like the, it's, it's a hard one to say because all the pain and the suffering ends up helping you in the end. So you mm-hmm. don't wanna say to your inner child like, oh, you never have to worry or you never have to do anything. It's a it's a quite a comp- it's a quite a complicated complex question. But I would what I would say is, is just know that you are enough, no matter what. You're enough, and that's it. You're enough. Doesn't matter if you're doing this or doing that. Doesn't matter if you win this or you win that. Doesn't matter if you're doing nothing. Doesn't matter if you're doing everything that you can do. Right. Take it all away. Just you as just you being here. That's enough. And be and 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 then also. Knowing that, that that's enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then everything, yeah. and then life becomes a bit more fun. You don't take it so seriously.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's absolutely. Enough. I'm enough for myself. Um, yeah. No one gets taught to. No one gets to feel that because that's just not the construct we live in. We're, a, right. you know, we're go getter which is all good. Go and get. Go, go and achieve, of course. But don't think that that's where your worths at. Your yeah. worth was always before that
1: right yeah, and enjoy your achievements as well isn't it sometimes you kind of you, you do the thing and then you do the next thing and you kind of always pushing and and actually just not having the time to kind of enjoy what you've done
2: yeah yeah definitely you know yeah, we we get swept away with that as well yeah we definitely i think enjoy yeah enjoy your achievements enjoy what you do in life but more than more before that enjoy you Mm. you know like yeah. they, they asked Bob Mali, they told they told him they said to Bob Mali, like you got all this money you won all this awards you're a rich man he said that make me rich mm. my richness is life that really yeah life is living is rich yeah yeah
3: yeah
0: yeah well, well that's you like that? such a it's empowering and inspiring words uh that I'll definitely take, you know, and uh, you know the rest of our audience and uh, find other ways to champion each other and champion ourselves. Thank you to our guests. I hope you enjoy this episode of Dyslexic Design Thinking. We have a lot more great content coming, so make sure to like and subscribe. Dyslexic Design Thinking is produced by Grishoni Creative, created in partnership with amazing dyslexics.